to brothers of the word. Because brother, you need the word. And today I'm going to be talking about a scenario that is repeated actually three times in the gospel in both Matthew in Mark and in John. And it actually is Matthew, Mark, and Luke. We're going to be studying from the book of Mark, chapter 10, beginning at the 17th verse. And it reads thus. And when he was gone forth into the way, there came one running and kneeled to him and asked him, Good master, what shall I do that I may inherit eternal life? And Jesus said unto him, Why callest thou me good? There is none good but one, that is, God. Thou knowest the commandments, do not commit adultery, do not kill, do not steal, do not bear false witness, defraud not, honor thy father and mother. And he answered and said unto him, Master, all these have I observed from my youth. And I want to talk to you a few minutes today from one sentence out of those verses that God placed upon my heart to speak to you about today. And to be honest, I didn't want to preach this sermon. Even this morning I was up asking, I said, Lord, I don't want to preach this because I don't even fully understand this. I've never heard anyone else, but it's always been one of those verses that has puzzled me. Have you all ever had some verses in the Word that's just puzzled you? This has always been one of those verses that has puzzled me, but no one has ever preached on it because it's sticky. It has some theological tricks and traps and interpretations that, that make it best for you to just shy away from this verse. And as God impressed it upon me to deliver this message, and I really didn't want to do it, Yet there is someone who may need to hear just this interpretation. One thing I've learned about Jesus' words, that Jesus said what he meant, and he meant what he said. No matter how we try to get around it, twist it up, make it fit what we wanted to say, Jesus said what he meant, and he meant what he said. When he wanted to be cryptic, he put it in a parable. But when he wanted it straight, he just told you straight like it was. Now, we may not have liked it. A lot of folk didn't agree with it. But he said what he meant. And he meant what he said. So in the words of Jesus, in that 18th verse of the 10th chapter of Mark, And Jesus said unto him, Why callest thou me good? And I speak to you today from the subject of why callest me good. This verse always bothered me as I read it. And it's the same in three of the Gospels. So when, when Jesus repeated something and when it's repeated in, in three different Gospels, in Matthew, in Mark, and in Luke, it, it has some significance. And it's essentially repeated all the same way, verbatim the same words, where Jesus said to the rich young ruler, Why do you call me good? And this thing bothered me for years because I said to myself, what in the world is Jesus talking about? What in the world does he mean telling the man, why do you call me good? There is none good but God. I'm saying to myself, what 
in the world is Jesus talking about? And this is perhaps why I've never heard the verse preached. Because not many have even figured out what Jesus was talking about. But Jesus always said what he meant, and he meant what he said. And if you can imagine the scenario of this young man as he said he came running and he kneeled to him, got down on his knees, good master. And there was Jesus standing and told him, why do you call me good? There is none good but one, and that is God. And you say, well, maybe he meant something else. But if you notice and if you read on down in the 20th verse, and it says, and he answered and said unto him, Master, he took the good out. He took the good out. And he answered him and said unto him, Master, why would Jesus say to this young man, there is none good but God. Why do you call me good? And yet Jesus was deity himself. Jesus was God incarnate. Here Jesus, the Son of God, telling this man, kneeling down before him, why dost thou call me good? Can you imagine that scenario? That here the Savior of all mankind would say that to this young man. Can you imagine going up to Jesus? And Jesus asking you the question, why does thou call me good? And I said to myself, if Jesus said, what about me? Y'all say, what about, what about me? I, I said, if Jesus said that, and, and he had his reasons, because he said what he meant, whether we like it or not, he said what he meant three times in three different Gospels, and he meant what he said. And see, the young ruler, as he came to Jesus, Jesus told him, thou knowest the commandments. And he named specific commandments. But let me tell you something about these commandments. He said, do not commit adultery. Most folk in the church don't do that anyway. About one out of three. But two out of three folk in the church, they don't do that anyway. Do not kill. 99% of the folk in the church don't kill. It's, it's a few murderers, in it, but not, not, not many. <laughs> He said, do not steal. Most folk in the church don't steal anymore. <laughs> he said, do not bear false witness. Most folk in the church really don't bear false witness. That they lie, but that's not false witness. See, folks still, folk still will do some lying up in the church. No question about that. But, but bearing false witness against thy neighbor is not exactly telling a lie. It's, it's, it's when they really had, back in the old days, you had to have two witnesses to convict someone. So it, it really had to do with telling a, a, a straight untruth that was really going to get someone else in trouble. So, so the bearing false witness, most folks still don't bear false witness. He said defraud not, which means don't cheat people. Most people in church still don't cheat people and honor thy father and mother. And most still do that. So when you look at these commandments, people, it's like the young ruler said, he said, all of these I've observed from my youth. Most of us who have been rooted and reared within the church, 
We've kept these things. We haven't really lied. We haven't committed adultery. We haven't stolen. We haven't cheated. We've honored our mother and our father. We've done these things. And we haven't killed. We've done these things. So it's very, very similar to the rich young ruler when Jesus asked. But but you see, it's verse 21 that's the problem for most of us. Because we've done those other things. And most of us can stand before God and say, Lord, I've been faithful. I haven't stolen. I haven't killed. I haven't lied a whole lot. And, and you, you know, you, most, most of us can stand before God. Because some of y'all have lied. It's just too it's just Because some of you, all of us have, all of us have lied at, at one point or another. We've just gotten in a jam to be perfectly honest about it between a rock and a hard place when we just didn't feel like telling the truth. And that's just all. So all of us at one point have lied. And, and it wasn't when you got later on and realized that you knew when you said that you were lying. <laughs> So all of us at one point now, now that we have evolved in Christ, we no longer lie. But all of us at one point, all of us have told some lies. But it's verse 21 that's the problem. In verse 21, and Jesus beholding him loved him and said to him, there is one thing that thou lackest. Turn to the person next time. You're missing one thing. See, 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 you've got a whole lot of stuff right. You're doing a whole lot of stuff right. But it's a bare minimum of one thing that you're not doing right. And everyone knows what that one thing is. It's a good thing that the person sitting next to you doesn't know what your one thing is. They don't know. Look, look, just look at the person. Look at them. They look just as innocent. No, dog just as all. See, they don't even view. They, they have no idea. Thank goodness that they have no idea what your one thing is. But everyone, there is one thing, minimum, that thou lackest. And it is this one thing. And, and he told the, the, the rich young ruler, he said, look, go and sell all you have. Give it to the poor. Take up the cross and follow me. Now, we look down on a rich young ruler, but to be honest about it, I don't know anyone can do that. Especially rich. I mean, because he said sell all. Well, how much is all? I, I, don't, I don't know anyone to be perfect. And see, the richer you get, the more difficult it is to do it. Now, if you don't have a $20, that's not a big deal. If you out on the street, everything you got on your back, you got $20, and you say, give it all up. You know, so long, I'm going to put this $20. Somebody may give me this back on the way out of church. If you don't have much, it's not that difficult. But if you're rich, and the word of the Lord just comes to you to just sell all your stuff, give it away, and just go on into ministry with the Lord. See, see not only is it not any laity who can do that, it's not any preachers who will do that, just to be perfectly honest about it. So, so when you really look at the rich young ruler, it, it, it's not that he was so bad. Jesus simply brought out the one thing that he knew that he would have turmoil with, that he would have trouble, that he would have tribulation with. That would be a struggle. And see, all of us, we got that one thing, whatever it is that we are lacking. One thing he couldn't do. But why did Jesus say, why, why does thou 
caused me good? That's a deep, deep question. And I believe what Jesus was trying to illustrate is that Jesus was in a fleshly body. And all flesh is flawed. All flesh is flawed. Whenever you are in flesh, and whenever you are in this world, I don't care how good you are, how pure your spirit is, there is something about flesh that contaminates. And Jesus told him, even though Jesus knew that he was deity, he knew that he was in flesh. Even though he knew that he was God incarnate, he knew that he was in flesh. And even then, Jesus knew. You see, there are some things that in Hebrew chapter 5, verse 8 and 9, it says this. Though he were a son, yet learned he obedience by the things which he suffered. Now that's a heavy verse. It said, though he were a son, he learned obedience from the things he suffered. Now what does that tell you, first of all? If you have to learn obedience, what does it tell you? That's his, that's word. It's straight out of the word. If you have to learn obedience, that's straight out of the Bible. It said, though he were a son, he was in flesh. That's why, that's why God sent his son to be in flesh so he could, he could experience what we went through. And when you get in flesh, see people, sometimes you can't understand what folk going through. You go through some of that stuff. And it's easy to sit back and say, you know, they ought to, they should have done it. There ain't no way. Why in the world they do that? They shouldn't have. You can't judge that stuff until you get in that situation. And when you get in that situation, then you will understand. I, I know uh, Brother James was telling me once about a, a friend of his who, who needed to borrow some money. And he had borrowed some money from him three or four times. And I said, man, I, you, ought to, you ought to just stop lending that stuff that money. I, I just, he just borrowed money from you all of the time. And then James went to tell me about his situation. He's going through this, and he's going through this, and this has happened to him, and this has happened to him. By the time James got through telling me the fella's situation, I told James, I need to lend him some money myself. <laughs> see, 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 you don't understand, and, and that's why God had to send his son in a fleshly body so that he could go through some things and have some empathy and understand what mankind goes through. And he said he learned obedience through the things that he suffered. Now, now, now it's hard for us to imagine Jesus having to learn obedience through suffering. But he was in a fleshly body. A divine being, but in a fleshly body. You are both dust and divinity. And you have to learn obedience through some of the stuff you're suffering. Some of y'all want to know why you're suffering, because you need to learn obedience. If Jesus had to learn obedience through the things that he suffered, a perfect being, what do you think about me and you? If he had to learn obedience to the, and see, some of you all are wondering, why is there suffering in the world? Somebody just to teach you obedience. Do you know suffering will teach you pretty good? That there's nothing that will teach, you can tell a child all day long, don't put your hand on a hot stove. You can tell them until your face turns blue. Don't put your hand on this hot stove. Don't do this, don't do this, don't do this. But you let that child you will never have to tell that child again not to put his finger on that hot stove. 
And, and people, sometimes there are just things that we will have to go through because it is the only way to teach us. There are some spirits that are evolved enough to where they don't have to go through some stuff to learn in one area, but they have to go through in another. If Jesus had to go through it, if Jesus had to go through the suffering just to be taught, and see even that, 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 that ninth verse of the fifth chapter of Hebrews, the one right after that, and, say, and being made perfect, he became the author of eternal salvation unto them that obey him. You see that, and being made, what does and being made mean? And being made perfect means that he was made perfect through the stuff he went through. It's a process, people. He wasn't born that way. He wasn't born obedient. He learned it. He was made perfect through the stuff he went through. You're the same way. You go to somebody gray-haired, got success, got wisdom, I can guarantee you they have gone through a process. And oftentimes they've gone through a process. And that process has been painful. And you can sit down at their feet and they can tell you stories of hardship. They don't sit down and, if you ever go in and listen to a successful person of wisdom, they don't start telling you about how all the easy stuff and how easy. No! That's why I tell about, I used to have to walk five miles to school through the snow. <laughs> I used to have to get up from KC in the morning, work the KC. It always begins with the hardships and the suffering stuff they had to go through. God had to send his son in a corrupt, fleshly body so that he could experience and emphasize and understand and, and bear the burdens of our sins. And Jesus knew. He said, there is only one. Because, you know, even Jesus always, he said, look, I can't do anything by myself. I can do nothing on my own. Everything I do, I can only do what I see my daddy do. I can only follow the Father. All my power comes from the Father. I can, now, he said, now, once I'm up there, he said, you, you, you come through me. And I can set you straight. But you have to understand, people, he had to go through. And he had to go through process. And I believe that's why when he saw that young man bowing down, Saying, good master. He was saying to the young man, what you see before you is flesh. And all flesh is subject to corruption. Even when Jesus was on the cross. His last words on the cross was, Father, Father, why hast thou forsaken me? You know good and well God hadn't forsaken him. Jesus knew that was his destiny all along. What happened? Why did he say that? Because the flesh was hurting so bad. Do you know there's a point, people, when stuff can get so bad in your life and hurt so bad and pain gets so blinding? Do, do you know there's a point where you wonder, where in the world is it long? You're not, you're, I mean, I'm serious. Stuff can get so rough. And by the time you hang there for so long, you can really wonder. Because I've, I've asked God that myself sometimes when I really had to. I said, Lord, why in the world you put me in this stuff in? What do I got to go through this for? He said, I got to send you through some things so you can relate to the people. I'm starting to say, Mother, I don't need to relate to all of this. <laughs> he said, I got to send you through some things so you can relate to the people. I said, you know, I said, Lord, if I knew that I was going to have to go through this just to relate to the people, I would just rather have been a deacon. <laughs> you understand that? 
see, that's the same thing Jesus went through. When he was in the garden, Jesus said, Lord, he said, if there is any way possible, take this bitter cup from me. If there is any way possible, that was flesh. Because Jesus' flesh hurt. That was flesh. He said, there's any way possible, take this bitter cup from me. And people, all of you go through that in your lives. You saying, you know, there, there's been some stuff. You say, Lord, if they did, please just get me out of it. If they did, anyway, problem, just get me out of it. Look, I don't even want what you done promised me. Just get, just pain too much. Have you ever gone through that? And this is what Jesus went through. And and this is why he had to experience this stuff in the flesh. And we're all flesh. The sensitivities and feelings, drives and needs and aches and pains. He said, why callest thou me good? Everyone, people, that you can physically see in the flesh has faults. That's why you cannot look on a preacher. And say, this man can save me. Because he can't. This man got his own problem. And I don't care what the preacher say. He got his own problem. And if you knew deep enough into the world, you'd understand what some of them probably got. Just as much stuff, I'm gonna, you just don't know. You got plenty of stuff. And sometimes there's plenty of stuff going on between preacher and Mrs. Preacher. I've, I've, I associate with too many preachers and... and, and they're going to be on stage and they just love it. They get behind the chair and say, man, you just don't know. That woman had me so mad I had to get out of the car and walk to church because I couldn't even preach I was so mad. Uh, so I understand, look, it's flesh and flesh has flaws. And we have to go through this stuff. And it will teach us obedience as long as we cling to the word. But even Jesus, when he said, Lord, if there's any way, I don't want it. You can take this bit of cup. But he had, he had, there was the divine presence, even though the flesh was dreading it. There was the divine presence that said, but if it be thy will. And that's what we have to understand. If it be thy will. Lord, if I have to go through this stuff. Lord, if I have to stay in this situation. Lord, even though I have to go through the pain. If it be thy will. And there are some things that God has asked me. And he's asked me the question, do you want this? I'm, and sometimes it has just taken me days to even come up. Because I knew with the answer that was in the affirmative, come with it a whole lot of pain. Because I knew there are certain levels that to reach, you just got to go through some stuff. And to be honest about it, sometimes I just rather not go through the stuff. I, I told you as my birthday is coming up and, and God has promised me that I can be in the best shape of my life that I've ever been in. And, and, and I, I was talking with a personal trainer that I was going to get for someone who I knew. And, and, and the trainer said, he said, man, I work them. I work them. He said, I, I can... I, they do 500 sit-ups a day. They get out with me. He was just telling me to grind. He said, they call me the beast. <laughs> and, I, and I was telling somebody about it. He said, that's the perfect fella. You need to get you to train and get you in the best. I said, the only problem with that, I just don't know what I want to go through all that. <laughs> I just don't know what I just don't know what I want to even go through. If it's going to take all that for me to get in the best shape of my life, for me to be under the beast, I said, I just don't know what I even want to go with that. And that's the way we are sometimes, people, when God will grant us some things and show us some things. And we have to deal with flesh. 
And we are mixtures. Just as Jesus was born of a woman, conceived of God, but born of a woman, and all of us are like that. We've got the divine spark, but we got the devilish dirt. And we have to deal with both of them to overcome, to be a part of God. I thank those of you who have joined us today. If you know someone who needs to hear this message, they can go to airjesus.com. You can send it to them absolutely free. Email it at no charge. It's message number 5279. That's message 5279. Why callest thou me good? We thank you for joining Brothers of the Word because, brother, you need the Word. Amen, amen, and amen.